Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, and especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had men and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth.
Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects, vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert in the beautiful state of Arizona, I'm your host Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings Radio. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email us at rdgable, rdgable at yahoo.com. Find us on social media, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, and on Twitter at tst underscore underscore radio. You can find my books, our affiliate sponsor, Pro One Water Filters, and our behind-the-scenes videos through Patreon, all on our website at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's .info. You can also find our full show archive there on the website. You can stream all of our shows. You can download those shows. They do have the monetized advertisements in them, though. That's one of the ways we support the broadcast, Monday through Friday, So if you'd like to get rid of those monetized ads, you can subscribe to the full show archive with all the montages, a private RSS feed so you can take the private show archive with you on your podcast or radio player. You'll also get early access to the show when it is pre-recorded Monday through Friday, and you'll get access to the montage archive as well as the archive of my digital books that I've written and published www.thesecretteachings.info. If you support us, we continue to bring you the content we bring you five nights a week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Thank you so much for tuning in whenever and wherever you're listening around the world. Again, I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings. So far this week, we've had a couple of really interesting subjects. I think we've moved across the full spectrum of what this radio broadcast is all about. On Monday, Plowshares into Swords was our show on black magic and occultism. We looked at a strange so-called black magic or satanic symbol that appeared in Ukraine on an artillery building of the Ukrainian military. On Tuesday, we talked about what some are calling the Ministry of Truth. We also talked about the Ministry of what I call Sustainability, the Department of Justice, wanting to create a new office for environmental justice. We talked about censorship and a number of other things relating to the internet, cryptocurrency, digital dollars, and everything that is similarly related. And then last night, we were joined by our good friend and co-host, Mike D. I really liked the promo last night. I hope you got to see the promo. Obese is the new anorexia. And yeah, it's like orange is the new black, and it has you know the characters. My promo pick has the has the uh, the colonel from KFC and Jack in the Box and Ronald McDonald and Wendy and the king from Burger King. I thought it was a really great promo. I love making these things every day. So that was last night. We talked with Mike about how obesity now is the new anorexia. We're glorifying obesity like we used to glorify basically anorexia. And the same people that had an issue with anorexia are now suddenly okay with models and advertisements promoting and glorifying another form of disease, 
uh, degenerative diseases, etc. So we discussed all of that this week. It's like we've jumped around from topic to topic, universe to universe. And tonight we find ourselves dreamwalking into the mouth of the multiverse. There may be some spoilers tonight, but I'm not going to intentionally try to spoil the new Doctor Strange movie for you. And I'm not going to try to spoil the new everything, everywhere, all at once movie for you either. And there's another movie we're going to discuss tonight. I'm going to try not to spoil that for you either. But there may be spoilers, so pump the brakes, take a break, maybe listen to this show later if you haven't seen those movies yet. And what we're going to discuss is that popular culture for years has been shifting our collective energy into superheroes and other dimensions. I remember when I was a kid, I was a little bit younger, and we started to get the Spider-Man movies and the new Batman movies, and we heard that the studios were going to invest, I mean, what at the time was probably hundreds of millions, now it's just tens of billions of dollars into making any and every superhero movie they could they, they, they can possibly make. I mean, even ones that are, they're not even real comic books. We've, we've had all kinds of different movies come out. It's like every week it's another superhero movie. And, you know, these movies, like any other movie, they, they take us to other worlds. Be that one of my favorite movies of all time, the very adult Pond's Labyrinth, which is, a, is an esoteric masterpiece. Definitely, I think that's a, a top 10 movie for me all time. Or there's the child-themed movie Caroline about other dimensions, and you have the other mother, and she has that porcelain face, so she's very similar to a rake, very similar to a, a pale-faced demon. The same themes that you'll see in American Horror Story and other TV shows and movies, and things that you'll even see in things like music videos. You see it all throughout the music industry. Movies and TV, etc., they've also brought us other worlds and their inhabitants, in, let's say, Independence Day, another one of my top ten favorite movies, with aliens coming from some other planet somewhere, and they're coming to harvest that which is on Earth. Or there's Pacific Rim. Pacific Rim, I don't think, was was much more than a cult classic for some people. Some people really loved it, but it really wasn't a, a big, big movie from what I remember. But it's about a dimensional portal open up, opening up in the ocean and these monsters coming through. And we had movies like Event Horizon, and Event Horizon didn't bring us aliens. It brought us hell. It brought us the worst versions of ourself. It brought us literally a portal into the mouth of hell. Into the mouth of the burning inferno. And then you have TV shows that play around with these ideas of other dimensions and portals and gateways. Like Family Guy. Remember the, the, the classic Family Guy episode where Stewie and Brian jump through other, other dimensions, other universes? And I think at one point they're like a, they're like a, uh, it's like, a, like a salon or something or like a place where you get your hair cut. They were like those rotating blue and red things. And uh, you know, then we have other shows that are even more adult-themed than Family Guy, like Rick and Morty. I mean, that, that whole show is basically... Just a quick adventure, jumping from universe to universe, other versions of, of, of themselves. It's all entertainment. It's all fantasy. A lot of it's metaphor. But today's pop culture seems to be absolutely, and I mean that word intentionally, absolutely obsessed with sigils 
that they seem to be wishing to charge with your attention, i.e. your energy, in order to carry out complex rituals. Sometimes it even seems that there's been some kind of symbolic directive issued and that the following movies and TV shows that come out from these big studios and even small studios, different genres even, they have nothing to do with one another, but they start mimicking each other and the archetypes and the symbols and the sigils, etc. Doctor Strange and the multiverse of madness and everything, everywhere, all at once Again, I'm going to try not to spoil these movies for you tonight. I'm going to do my best in doing that, so please do not be upset with me. I'm giving you an option right now to, to, to walk away from the, uh, the broadcast this evening. Listen to it later. But these two movies, and I got to see them both over the weekend, are so closely related that it feels like one was an extension of the other. And obviously, they're not, they're not the same movie, they're not the same comic book. It's not the same story, but it's the same archetype. It's the same symbols. It's the same... Well, actually, it is kind of the same story. It's, it's, I mean, I felt that these two movies were so closely related in what they portrayed that I was kind of confused. I thought, okay, I saw Doctor Strange first. I thought <clears throat> that going to see everything everywhere all at once would, yeah, be about the multiverse. It's just coincidental, but I didn't think it would be so similar. Both of these movies are centered around the concept of multiple realities existing in parallel dimensions that are endless in scope and possibility. They're limitless. Everything is only an arrangement of particles, and every tiny decision we make branches off into a new universe with parallel possibilities. It's all just part of the infinite multiverse, and our dreams are windows into our multidimensional selves. Now, if you saw the movie Doctor Strange, you may remember... The Darkhold, or the Book of the Damned. The Book of the Damned is transcribed from the throne of a demon, and the text offers with magical rituals and incantations to give you everything you ever wanted. But in the process, it defiles the laws of nature. You know, this is a theme that you'll see, especially in the music industry, and probably the most famous would be Eminem making deals with demons. I mean, My Darling is literally a contract made in a mirror with a demonic entity. Or you could say maybe it was his alternate self, but it has the same theme. Even your alternate self is like your demon or your where the word comes from, daemon. And so when you play around with spirits and demons and these concepts and these ideas that promise to give you everything you ever wanted, there's, of course, a price to that. When you defile nature, there is a price that has to be paid. It causes physical and psychological decay. Even if you're not literally possessed by a spirit, you could be uh, possessed by the spirit of an idea, of a concept, of your other self, if you will. In Doctor Strange, you had this idea of dreamwalking into other dimensions, other universes. And it involved a dark ritual from the Book of the Damned in which one takes possession of their other self in another universe. It's considered a desecration of reality to dreamwalk. It's especially a desecration of reality to dreamwalk into a dead body. Everything, everywhere, all at once, 
little bit different than the Doctor Strange movie, both out at the same time, both out around Mother's Day, which I find interesting, around May Day, because these two movies encompassed the the, the idea of, of how strong not only a, a parent's love can be for their child, but the power of the feminine and the female. And it was done in a way where it wasn't an annoying take on feminism. And I don't think that was the intention of either one of the, the films necessarily, but it it was it was a positive portrayal of of both the femi- feminine and the masculine in, in both movies, especially in everything, everywhere, all at once, which I thought, and this might be too strong of a statement, but I thought that this movie kind of reinvented the Matrix in a way, sort of. Because basically in the movie, you have near instant access to these different life paths in other universes. So rather than dream walking through a dark ritual... You can access these other versions of yourself. So basically, you can access your limitless potential, knowledge, skills, emotions of you in other universes. Whereas Neo needed to upload something into his brain to learn some kind of fighting technique or guns or clothing. In this version of what is kind of like a matrix, you had to connect to another reality by doing some random act that would make contact with other pathways. A circumstantial act that was seemingly random, but gave you the ability to access these, these other realities. And it's kind of like Black Mirror, the TV show, which says it all, the Black Mirror. We saw the mirror and the usage of the mirror as a portal in Doctor Strange as well, where Wanda uses the mirror to to get out of her little prison cell that she's in. And there's an episode of Black Mirror called Bandersnatch, which was very, very popular, and it was interactive. And there's the, I think what has become a very popular uh, line in terms of pop culture and TV shows, it's, it's the analysis this character gives of reality where he compares reality to Pac-Man, the program and control man, that you're trapped in a maze, and you think that you can get out of the maze, but as soon as you think you're out, you pop right back in the other side. All you can do is consume. You're pursued by demons, the ghosts that are probably just demons in your own head, and it's just a metaphor for reality. And the character in that TV show says people think there's one reality, but there's loads of them, all snaking off like roots. And what we do on one path, what happens on the other path is affected. And time is a construct. People think that you can't go back and change things, but you can. That's what flashbacks are. Of course, in The Matrix, they also play around with the idea of deja vu. It's a glitch. It's a resetting of something. Something changes. Now, when you try to hold on to all of this limitless possibility and try to take as much as you can possibly take, it starts to break the mind. In the same way that dreamwalking or the possession of your multidimensional self in other universes is considered a desecration of reality. Limitless potential is subject to abuse without refinement of the self. So there was a tremendous amount of alchemy and other similar magical concepts in both of these films. Limitless potential is subject to abuse without refinement of the self. 
without refining those centers of the self, without slaying the beast, the animal sacrifice, the human sacrifice, dedication to a pious path, dedication to what we would refer to as enlightenment, perhaps. And such a pious path is far more difficult, but ultimately it provides an honest reward. The idea in everything, everywhere, all at once, I'll just refer to it as everything, everywhere. The idea in everything, everywhere was that the stressed out main character was terrible at everything she did. And although she had limitless potential, she ultimately found that it was her kind husband that balanced her life. And rather than being famous in another dimension, another reality, she learns to become happy just doing laundry and paying taxes. And her celebrity self in another reality sort of becomes depressed and wonders what it would have been like if she had actually gone to America and opened up a laundromat rather than getting into film and becoming a famous actress. We're always thinking of possibilities and what-ifs. Without making decisions, without living with the consequences and accepting the good and bad. What if we made another choice? I mean, it's all experience anyway. It doesn't matter one way or another. There's infinite possibility. There's limitless experience. This abuse of power, though, that can break the mind in Doctor Strange with dreamwalking or in everything, everywhere with choosing these other life paths and trying to get more and more out of them and take as much as you can possibly take before the mind breaks, this is the abuse of power that is very similar to the temptation of Christ as detailed in Matthew, Mark, and Luke in the Bible. I bring that up not as a Christian and not as opposed to Christianity. I just bring that up from the point of view of Jesus was tempted by Satan and was offered a kingdom for which he was already the king. So the abuse of power is the temptation of Christ as detailed in the Bible. You could be king of all of this, but you're already the king. This is what the Book of the Damned offers you. You can get access to anything. You can get things that you lost. You can get things that will make you more powerful. It's, it's limitless, infinite, whatever you want. But there's a price to pay for that. Because you're defiling the laws of nature. You're desecrating reality. The abuse of power is the temptation. You're already a king and a queen. Your divine self is already divine. No devil, no demon, no satanic figure can give you any more than God has already provided for you. That's the idea. That's the concept, I think. Now, if you look at Dr. Strange, the character of Wanda is so distraught over not having her children that she desires to steal them from another reality where they exist. So the power of the feminine speaks to what a parent will do to protect their child. However, Wanda chooses to sacrifice an innocent in order to obtain her powers so that she can jump between dimensions easily. But she does learn that the power and life that she seeks is fleeting and false. And it creates an illusion like that of the story of the Lamia. For those of you who don't know this story, it's a story that I chose in my book, Occult Arcana, which is available at thesecretteachings.info. I chose this story to sort of wrap up the book. It's about illusion. 
The Lamia is a ghostly spirit, a type of vampire manifesting as a beautiful woman to, a woman to feed upon human flesh. She seduces a student named Minopus with love and wealth, and they're about to be married, and they have this beautiful banquet and all these waiters and beautiful plates and silver and stuff like that. But his teacher, Apollonius of Tyana, exposes that it's a fraud and lifts the spell, revealing that the wedding is nothing more than just not only an illusion, it's just dust, vanishes. Try to obtain all this power, you try to obtain love, try to obtain wealth through these dark means, and there's not only a price to pay for that desecration, for that defiling, but you'll learn that it's fleeting, it's false, it's an illusion, like the Lamia. And the child Wanda chooses to sacrifice, if you know the comics well, I don't know the comics well, so we're going to have a guest on in the next hour to talk about it. Derek, the Night Stalker, is going to be with us as, as usual when we discuss these kinds of things. Uh, the character America Chavez is, is, is this girl who has this power to open up these other worldly, other uh, universally dimensional portals, gateways. And she's kind of unable to control her power of opening up these gateways, which randomly develop when she's angry. So, that, I mean, that theme is popular in, in paranormal investigations as well because we deal with poltergeists, especially around young children, but young girls in particular. And that was exemplified in the Stephen King story of Carrie. Now, Wanda in Doctor Strange lives up to her name of the Scarlet Witch. And I'm sure if you've listened to this show or other similar shows, you heard Scarlet Witch, you know about the lady in red, uh, the woman in red, or the Scarlet Lady, and, and you thought, oh, this is, this is good, which is what I, th- I heard that. I was like, all right, we got a show. <laughs> and and her th- now her throne in the film is basically a depiction of Lady Lilith, or the goddess Lilith. And for those of you unfamiliar with this deity, she chases children very young children and babies, in a dream state. And it was a common ancient superstition that if a baby smiled while asleep, the demon Lilith was making the child smile in order to steal its soul. She's often depicted with an owl on each of her sides, the feet of a bird, and the body of a temptress. Lilith is the Red Witch. Wanda is the Red Witch, Scarlet Witch, Lilith, the Red Lady, the Red Woman of Aleister Crowley. She intends to enslave the multiverse, rewrite history, and she uses mirrors to move through portals of liquid. We've seen that over and over from The Matrix to Alice in Wonderland to popular music videos. And we're going to get into more of this and everything everywhere all at once as tonight we dreamwalk into the mouth of the multiverse. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings Radio. Please leave us a review on the many radio and podcast players. Grab a copy of my book, Occult Arcana, at thesecretteachings.info and stay with us. There's more after this. You are hearing the sound between that which is above and that which is below. It's KTLK, Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings is finally available on nearly every podcast platform, from Apple to Spotify and Podcast Addict. Search the name and start listening today for free. But if you want to avoid those annoying ads, head on over to thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to the ad-free archive. It's got old shows, new shows, and you can also download Ryan's digital books. Subscribe today. What are you waiting for? The end of the world? 
If you enjoyed the secret teachings and want to hold years of my research in your hands, visit our website and grab physical and digital copies of my books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, theology, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. And food philosophy might just change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. Remember, shipping is always included with the books. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and get your copy today. The Secret Teachings is now on Gab and Getter. Search Ryan Gable on both to find the show or stick with The Secret Teachings in the Metaverse. People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis- and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now, the Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. Do you have everything you need to explore The Secret Teachings? I've got my secret socks on, and my secret TV, and my secret TV channel. Looks like SpongeBob's ready. Are you? Hey, this is John Peasy at JohnPeasy.com, and I'm here with Ryan Gable from The Secret Teaching. This is David Icke from DavidIcke.com, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings Radio, broadcasting Monday through Friday around the world. Thank you so much for joining us. The music is from White Bat Audio. They let us use their music for free. You can find them on YouTube, White Bat Audio. Tonight, we are dreamwalking into the multiverse and into the mouth of that multiverse thought of the show name, I was thinking the mouth of madness and bringing demons and spirits and devils and monsters to life through words. What are words? They're comprised of symbols. They each have their own unique vibration. Put them together, more unique vibrations. Incantations, the way that you say a word, the way that you express yourself, the elevation of your voice, the lowering of your voice. Writing a word out, spelling it, casting a spell, writing it in a very smooth way with cursive, cursing somebody, using text, using words, like in that very, very famous and very good cult classic John Carpenter movie, The Mouth of Madness, bringing 
monsters into reality through words and through fiction, through fantasy. Stories of Sutter Kane bringing hell to this world. Again, we're dreamwalking into the mouth of the multiverse, and some of you might not have had a chance to see the new Doctor Strange movie. Maybe if you have, you also haven't had a chance maybe to see everything everywhere all at once. So there may be some spoilers here, but I think most of this is what you can get in the synopsis or in a, in a commercial, in a promo for the, in, for the films. But basically what we have is that Wanda in Doctor Strange is so distraught over not having her own children that she desires to steal them from another reality. And she uses the Book of the Damned in order to achieve this. Now, when you use the Book of the Damned, you are desecrating reality and defiling the laws of nature. The Book of the Damned was transcribed from the throne of a demon, and the text offers through magical ritual everything that you want and desire could be yours, but you have to defile nature to get it. Obviously, there will be repercussions. There will be consequences for your actions. This is a very similar theme to the biblical temptation of Christ where Jesus is offered by the devil to be made king of this world. But he's already a king, so he's being offered a kingdom that's already his. It's a trick. It's a temptation, and it's an illusion that evaporates as soon as you accept the deal. And that way, it's a necessary evil. It's very Saturnistic in that way. It's a necessary evil. So Wanda is distraught. She wants to get these children. She wants to start over. And in order to get into these other worlds, these other dimensions, she chooses to dreamwalk using the Book of the Damned. Dreamwalking in Doctor Strange is like jumping to different life paths in everything, everywhere, all at once. And we saw the power of the feminine and the power of the masculine in both movies, especially in Everything, Everywhere. And in order to get into these other realities easily, Wanda chooses to sacrifice an innocent girl to obtain her power so she can jump between these dimensions easily. She eventually learns that the life that she's seeking is false. It's fleeting. And it creates an illusion, like the story of the Lamia and Apollonius of Tyana and his student Minopos, who was consumed by the illusions of the Lamia or the vampire that was going to marry him as a beautiful woman only so that she could transform into her real self and consume him. That's what the devil does. It's a flesh-hungry, bloodthirsty, demon, spirit, vampire, succubus, the story of the Lamia. It's in my book, Occult Arcana, if you're interested in reading more about it. And the child that Wanda chooses to sacrifice, America Chavez, she's unable to control her powers. So she, when she's scared, she opens multidimensional gateways. They randomly pop up, or so it seems. That's a theme in paranormal circles as well. Poltergeists think Carrie, young girls in particular, poltergeist activity. Wanda is called the Scarlet Witch. She's essentially possessed by the spirit. We know that witch as the woman in red, the lady in red, or the Scarlet Lady of Aleister Crowley. And her throne in the film mimics that of the goddess Lilith. 
For those of you who might not be familiar with the mythology, it's really interesting because Wanda is chasing this girl through dimensions. And if you read about Lilith, Lilith is a demon temptress, a witch, essentially. And she chases children in their dreams, usually very young children, usually babies, and it's a superstition in the old world in places like uh, Mesopotamia and Babylon, etc. To wake a baby if they are smiling in their sleep because it was believed the demon was making them smile and laugh in order to steal their soul. She's the temptress, the red witch. She intends to enslave the multiverse, rewrite history, and she uses mirrors to move through portals. We've seen that over and over again from the Matrix to Alice in Wonderland popular music videos as well. Now, the main character in Everything Everywhere all at once is confronted with a similar evil, an agent of pure chaos building a black hole to consume all things, including both pain and joy. This evil comes in the form of a child who sees life as meaningless, wanting to allow the darkness to consume it all. The black hole that this evil is building or what they jokingly refer to as the bagel with everything. It's the darkness that Rey faces in Star Wars. Of course, even her name comes from the divine feminine, Ma Rey, Mary, the Holy Mother. This personification of darkness in everything, everywhere, believe that if nothing matters then all the pain and guilt you feel for making nothing of your life goes away. It's a satanic temptation to give up, a necessary evil encouraging you to devolve, to accept the illusion that the devil sells you that this could be your kingdom, but you're already the king of it. It is saturnistic, and the black hole bagel with everything is a black ring. Since it's very saturnistic, it would be appropriate that a black ring is the symbol of this evil because of Saturn's famous rings. The relationship between the main character and everything everywhere and this agent of chaos is very similar to Wanda and Doctor Strange. The mother has immense love for her child, limitless, like possibility. It stretches beyond the physical world. In both cases, they have to decide if the sacrifice of a child, be it their own or another, is worth the price. Even... And Doctor Strange, it's not the sacrifice of another. She has to also let go of these other children that she believes she loves in another reality. Is it worth the punishment? Is it worth the heartbreak to let go? What is the lesson? The mother gives the child infinite potential through life to access any reality, anywhere, anytime at all. And only through love can the child be brought back from the darkness of temptation. Only through Christ's sacrifice. Any temptation to end the pain through darkness or by taking from another universe causes chaos. That theme was present in both movies. This girl in Everything Everywhere, the main character's daughter, she went by the name Jobu Tupaki. That was her evil side. Like Wanda has the Red Witch. And that was the darkness of her good side, which was Joy Wang. Her first name is Joy. Obviously, that shouldn't be lost on you know students of archetypes and the esoteric. Of course, joy is the light. 
The metaphor is that when we are scared and confused, we fight. We flail. In Strange, it was fear that recklessly opened the portals. And when America got scared, the portals would open. The message of be kind in everything everywhere issued by Joy's father is very simple. We all have potential, but without love, we are truly powerless. Strange sacrifices himself partly to save America despite other versions of himself not being so kind and, and, and choosing to sacrifice her instead of himself. So you have the masculine and the feminine in both movies expressed in slightly different ways. No matter where we are, there are those that wish to be with, who can provide us with the things that infinite universes cannot. I think that's most of us. We want to be with those that can provide us with the basic things that all the things that were promised by marketers, advertisers, even religions, politicians, and the infiniteness of what things can provide us through technology and the internet, et cetera, et cetera. You can look at this in so many ways, so many different metaphors. Basically, all these things that can be given to us, part of the temptation, the infinite universe promises us all this, but what we have here is what's important. And in the moment is important, a very Buddhist Eastern philosophy as well, I, I, I pulled out of these films. And in both films, two mothers playing slightly different roles are typically refused to sacrifice an innocent by action or no action by taking this life force or letting them go into blackness. Both also wear red. Wanda in uh, her comic book attire and Evelyn Wang, the main character in Everything Everywhere, in her red sweater. And interestingly, red in China signifies joy. So obviously it's no mistake they chose red and the daughter's name is Joy and her alter ego, Jobu, uh, Jobu Tupaki, is this evil girl who builds this dark ring. It's very Saturnistic and wants to walk into the darkness to get rid of all the pain and the joy. Red in China signifies joy, celebration, and the warding off of evil. So the movie uses a lot of red. And it's only after all the red blood of the lamb that our sins are washed away. A help to ward off the Holy Ghost, the sacrifice of the lamb, and the forces of evil from consuming us from our own sins. And everything, everywhere, there was the Alpha Universe, which was the first universe to connect consciousness into the multiverse to access all the skills and emotions of other versions of yourself. Very Matrix-like. They were in a van, very Nebuchadnezzar-like, very Morpheus-like. Morpheus is, of course, the god of dreams that takes you through the, through the dream world. Kind of another form of dreamwalking. And this is this ability to jump between uh, dimensions, uh, to be able to, to walk between different realities, um, it's a supernatural ability. And although we have access to this, this limitless potential, there are restrictions on what we can do so we don't harm other realities. We don't take from other realities. Otherwise, the universes collapse in on themselves. It's actually like that TV show Fringe. It was basically just two universes colliding with each other. One was parallel to ours. And it's also, an, there's a third movie in the movie theater right now that also portrays the same concept. And I've had people say, well, that's, 
That's just the whole theme of that series. Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Uh, someone said, well, that's just, they have multi multiple dimensions. I mean, that's the magic world, and then there's the world of the muggles. And that's just, that's just the story. That's not significant that that's in the movie theater right now. Well, it might not be significant that it's in the movie theater right now if it was just that movie, but when you have Doctor Strange in the multiverse and you have colliding realities and then you have the same and everything everywhere all at once, they're basically the same movie archetypically, and then you have Dumbledore, the Dumbledore movie, which is realities colliding, and then, well, you also have some other movies out we'll, we'll talk about in a second that are promoting the same exact theme. Going back to what I said earlier, it's almost like there's some ordering process in Hollywood that says this is what we're going to produce and this is why we're going to produce it. And I find that to be just interesting to say the very, very, very least. Some of the universes you can jump into are tricky though. The further away you get from source, the more different the universe becomes. Some universes are just paint, you know, some universes are just, you know, Stewie and Brian. You're just a, a pole at a barbershop. Some universes are basically like cartoons drawn on paper. I mean, you saw this. I'm not going to tell you which movie was which, but you saw this in both Doctor Strange and in everything, everywhere, all at once. Some are paint. Some are paper. Some universes, green means stop and red means go. And in some, we just have hot dogs for fingers. In both of these films, Doctor Strange and Everything Everywhere All at Once, we also had the third eye. In Strange, the third eye opening signified a darker element within oneself. In Everything Everywhere, it represented an ability to fight with kindness and love through the googly eye. If you see the movie, you'll know what the googly eye is. But the main character, Evelyn, puts it on her forehead when she learns how to fight with kindness. Only keen observers and our guest this evening coming up here in about 15 minutes or so, he saw it and I was hoping he would see it and I'm sure some of our other colleagues in radio saw it. Both movies utilized one of my favorite topics, black goo. We saw a pool of black goo and a character falling into that pool of black goo, identical to, well, pretty much every music video, TV show, and movie that portrays evil, you find the black goo in it as a form of possession, as a symbol of once you go under the black goo, you come up reborn, but not in the Christian sense. This is a dark rebirth, a rebirthing of something, or a basically like the alien bursting forth from your chest. It's bringing out the, the red witch in you, if you will. It's bringing out the, the altar side of you, the Jobu Tupaki side of you. It explodes outward, the black goo. In another movie, we saw it. So one movie was a pool of black goo. In the other movie, it was black goo pouring from the eyes. And they had flashes of, I mean, I'm not epileptic, but it, I mean, it was, they should have had a warning on that on that movie when I went into it. They had that for Star Wars when I saw the new Star Wars, but they didn't have that on the, one of these movies. And it was very, very like, just, I don't know what you'd say. I don't want to say triggering because of how that word is interpreted today, but it was almost like visually triggering. 
they had this flashes of subliminals and you could see like I was looking for it. I knew the black goo was going to be there because I saw it. They showed it earlier and then there's flashes and flashes and flashes and you can see the black goo pouring out of the eyes. It's kind of disturbing. So it was running out of the eyes in uh, one of the movies and then a liquid pull that a character is submerged in as a form of possession, losing the soul, losing the, the path, etc. And the other film. So when you think about all these things, film takes us to new worlds and tells us familiar and unfamiliar stories. And sometimes it takes us to other dimensions. But where, you know, where it really, really takes us, if you think about it, it, it takes us to the internal, within our psyche, deep into the unconscious and subconscious. We see these symbols of darkness and light, possession by multidimensional life paths and dreamwalking. We see the third eye awakening. We see the red dress. In the West, we tend to relate this color to blood, sacrifice, love, and the esoteric to the Red Witch, the Temptress, the Siren, Succubus. But in the East, it's a symbol that wards off evil that's otherwise summoned, and it founds celebrations. Now, some of you might remember our analysis of the Super Bowl. The look we had into Ukraine, the Z on those Russian tanks, the trident on the Ukrainian flag, and of course Ukraine's Neptune missiles that sank a ship supposedly carrying a piece of the cross that Christ was crucified on, the patron saint of Ukraine, St. Michael, a case of a UFO and divine lightning in Ukraine, and the so-called black magic symbol found on an artillery building in Ukraine just this past week. With all the focusing on the masculine and the feminine, particularly the love of the mother, it's interesting these two movies come out around Mother's Day, May Day, This symbol in Ukraine, this black magic symbol they're calling it, pops up not only during the planting season, but it pops up around Walpurgis, which for some is not a holiday of light and life and bringing warmth and light to the world. It's it's about sacrifice, blood, fire, sacrifice, the burning season, etc. Now, that symbol contained the ruin for lightning. And the ruin for lightning is also seen as a symbol for victory, And the base of the sigil is basically the signature of the planet Jupiter, who is defined by both lightning and victory. Think Zeus. That's Jupiter's counterpart, parallel. Brothers of Poseidon and Neptune. Think Odin, hanging on the world tree, pierced in the side, inventor of the ruins, inventor of language. Odin inventing languages Well, it's pretty obvious, isn't it? It's the word, the word of God, inventing ruins, inventing this language. Now, the base of this symbol in Ukraine, we discussed this on Monday, and we're not moving away from the multiverse, but the base of this symbol is similar to the logo of Dikarabia, a Solomonic demon of herbs and plants and a communicator to birds. It is similar to the symbol of the voodoo loa spirit, Bosu Troikorne, who provides protection in war. So you have a symbol on this building that provides, well, protection against war, this symbol, this sigil. And it's filled with these other symbols, serpents and the sigil ruin, the, 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 the lightning bolt and victory, Zeus and Jupiter. Another ruin is the kinaz, which is a symbol of protection, and it also represents fire and lightning. Under the symbol is the word zayin, which is Hebrew for sword. I had a listener message me and tell me that it's also slang. They said they speak Hebrew, and they said it's also slang for penis. Well, sword, penis, thrusting, makes sense. 
As the seventh letter in the Hebrew alphabet, it's also the head, seven holes in the head, ears, eyes, nose, mouth. With a sword in the head, we have decapitation. But add an S to Zion, and you get Zions, the main proteins found in corn. Remember the name Loa Basu Troy Corne? Well, corn is in the name. With a sword, the head, and corn, and one of the largest grain producers in the world, Ukraine, you have decapitation of the green god. Normally, this god was sacrificed in the fall and resurrected in the spring, but now it seems as if the god of agriculture is sacrificed in the spring and might not be resurrected in the fall. Remember, the Solomonic demon de Karabia is the demon of herbs and plants. Plants, grains, we're dealing with the same concepts and the same themes here, all at the base of that symbol. And 1973 was the year that Soylent Green came out. It took place in 2022, this year, when food sources have been made nearly extinct and the poor consume synthetic food made with people. Not only are we watching during the burning season food processing manufacturing plants go up in flames, but we're watching states allow for human compost up in Washington. Flesh fetishes and blood drinking are becoming part of popular culture, and they're more than just fetishes. And it gets weirder with companies like Bite Labs making celebrity meat from DNA and ambrosia transplanting young blood into the rich. It's also interesting that in 1973, Roe versus Wade was decided. And regardless of what you think about abortion, there's no doubt that such great access has led to great abuse in the usage of fetal tissues to flavor beverages and foods, experiment with new drugs, and make a profit off of human sacrifice, sacrificing the child, as in Dr. Strange and everything everywhere. Soylent Green is people, and you might find it eerie that the movie also debuted in early May. Why? Well, the black symbol in Ukraine also appeared in early May, the very time in which Ukraine begins its planting season. This is one of the most beautiful times of the year, every Sabbat, light and fire and life, and culminating in the summer solstice Letha, anthropomorphizing the, the God becoming a man. But for others, it's about blood and sacrifice. On these Sabbats, the line between the physical and spiritual between worlds and realities and dimensions is blurred. Most famous is, of course, well, Halloween, Samhain, Samhain. It's a time of conjuring and divination, accessing those other worlds, communing with spirits. Another name for that ruin, Kinaz, is also Kanu, and it means to open. This opening may just be that of a portal or a gateway to another dimension, like America Chavez can open. Today, in our world, outside of the movie theater, it's like, The horrors of war and fear are being used as a dark energy needed to stabilize that black hole, that bagel with everything, to bring forth the emergence of the gods, the ancient and old ones. There's another movie in the theaters right now. I just saw this last night. It's called The Northman, and it's from the same director that gave us The Witch. I didn't even know that when I went to see it, and someone asked me what I thought, and I was saying, it's kind of like The Witch. And then... My friend Derek messaged me and he said something about the Northman and the witch. And I, I thought, I just literally said that to somebody. And he, he messages me and tells me it's actually the same director. I thought that was kind of synchronistic because I didn't know that. And, and now this movie, The Northman, it's, it's kind of aggressive. It's brutal. It's blood-drenched. It's an archetypical story. Father is killed by his brother. The son must avenge the death. I mean, this is literally verbatim out of ancient Egypt. It's the story of Osiris, Seth, and Horus. The horizon, the sunset, sunset. The god Odin, of course, features prominently as the wise old man, 
The architect and the tree of life is repeatedly flashed on the screen. The main character intends to reach the Hall of the Slain, Valhalla, which is located in Asgard and ruled over by Odin himself. He must meet his destiny, though he is given the free will to choose his life path. See the theme? The gates of Valhalla are met through the gates of hell. Once again, gateways and portals. Although not the exact same god, of course, Odin is the Nordic version of the Greek Zeus and the Roman Jupiter. These themes we've discussed just keep popping up over and over and over again with no rest. Our electricity is charging the sigils and the portal is opening. Our electricity is a current like that of an ocean wherein our emotions are controlled by the trident. It's highly important that we recognize these archetypes and symbols and what they do to communicate to our psyche, especially with fear and weakness, if we want to truly be in control of our destiny. Maybe it's as simple as just being kind. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. That's my take. We're going to get our guest's take in the next hour. Derek the Night Stalker joining us here on The Secret Teachings after this. TheSecretTeachings.info, rdgable at yahoo.com. Please buy a book. Please subscribe. Please keep us on air. If not, we won't be here Monday through Friday. If you do keep us on air, we'll be here Monday through Friday to present you with this kind of content every single night of the week. More after this. Don't go anywhere. The Secret Teachings is finally available on nearly every podcast platform from Apple and Spreaker to Spotify and Podcast Addict. Also available as TST Weekends, our one-hour Saturday morning show. Search the show name and start listening today for free. And if you want to avoid those annoying ads, visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to our ad-free archive with some of our older shows included. You'll get a private RSS feed and access to the Montage Archive and my digital books. Subscribe today or listen to the free show archive at thesecretteachings.info. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, grab a physical and digital copy of his books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. Visit thesecretteachings.info. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info.
People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis- and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. This is David John Oates from reversespeech.com. You are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. This transmission is coming to you from the space between heaven and hell. It's KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Welcome back to the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, this afternoon, tonight, whenever and wherever you are listening around the world. If you'd like to contact us, rdgable at yahoo.com, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings and tst underscore underscore radio on Twitter. You can also find our behind-the-scenes content on Patreon. Search The Secret Teachings. Or find the link on our website, thesecretteachings.info, where you'll also find my books. If you're enjoying tonight's broadcast, I'd highly recommend you get a copy of both Occult Arcana and The Technological Elixir. A lot of what we're discussing is based in those books. If you're listening to the free show archive on the website, thank you for tuning in. If you'd like to get rid of those annoying advertisements that cut off my voice throughout the show, you can subscribe to the full show archive. You get access to everything, the montages. You get my digital books with your subscription. That alone, I think, is is worth the price. Plus, you get access to the show earlier in the day when the show is pre-recorded. www.thesecretteachings.info If you have any questions about that or anything else, email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. We have no sponsors here. Nobody's giving us money. We sustain ourselves on a very small amount of money that only comes from you, the listener, so that I can sit back and be a nerd and read and do the research that I do to bring you shows like tonight as we walk into through the dream state. We dream walk into the mouth of the multiverse. We've looked at Doctor Strange, the new movie. We've looked at even the Northmen and the new Fantastic Beasts movie, and we also looked at, of course, everything, everywhere, all at once. Very similar to Doctor Strange. We saw the third eye. We saw the color red, the red dress, the red witch. We saw the black goo. We saw the rings of Saturn. We saw evil and good, masculine and feminine, child sacrifice. We saw quite a bit. We saw the opening of portals and gateways to other worlds and the awakening of ancient gods and demons this is something we've been talking about for a long time here on The Secret Teachings. The most recent show we did on this goes back a few months. We did a show about the emergence. We talked a little bit about the Eternals movie and some other similar films and TV shows relating to this. 
And we talked with a friend of ours named uh, Derek, Derek Murphy, on the broadcast. The show we did was March 15th, the last show with Derek, called Black Atom, A-T-E-M, Direct Currency. We actually talked about Batman during that show. Direct Currency, DC Comics, Direct Currency, Energy. I don't know about you, Derek, but it's almost every single movie you go see, we find this theme, and every single commercial and preview you see, I mean, even the Elvis movie, everything is electricity and lightning bolts. Yeah. It's the thing. Um, the, the lightning bolt thing, hey, Ryan, it's really great, really great to be back. Uh, thank you for having me. Really fun. You got it, um, buddy. So I saw, I saw uh, everything everywhere all at once last night, and uh, I was sitting in the sitting in the tra- during the trailers, and all of a sudden the Elvis trailer pops up, that uh, Baz, new Baz Luhrmann movie or whatever, and all of a sudden this kid, like young Elvis, like ten year old Elvis or whatever, is running around wearing a big lightning bolt on his shirt, and I'm like, oh my god, here we go. And apparently I looked it up, and apparently he was a huge Captain Marvel fan. Uh, Captain Marvel being DC's Shazam before they changed the name to, to, Shazam, uh, to Shazam. Shazam is the character that channels these uh, ancient gods, like channels Zeus to get his powers. Um, it has a giant lightning bolt in his shirt. And then I look at the logo, flashes the logo comes up for the Elvis trailer, and it's, it's, his, it's his logo, his, his official logo that has a big lightning bolt at the center of it. And he had a big logo, his, uh, his big, a big lightning bolt for his logo um, at his karate studio and all kinds of stuff. And then on a whim, uh, earlier this morning, I just look up upcoming trailers and I see one for just this random animated Chippendale movie and uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers and the logo is a giant lightning bolt, um, like CD with a giant lightning bolt, which means Chippendale uh, pre- premiering next week on Disney Plus. And I, my mind blew up basically. So I don't know. We got a lot to talk about tonight. I don't know where you want to start, but. Well, you, s- thing. you major, said something major. about you said something about uh, the, the Thor movie and Russell Crowe, and then you have li- I mean not only lightning bolts there, but all these electric car commercials. I've been watching the NHL playoffs, and it's like every third commercial is an electric car. Every third commercial yeah. is something about, and and they're emphasizing electricity and lightning bolts and Zeus and Jupiter. It's everywhere from the Super Bowl to car commercials to movies and TV shows. It's it's just constantly surrounding us. Yeah, there it really is. Well, um, well, let me ask yeah. you this: well, Why do you think that is? That's that's what I want to get into. Being the the being of the interest that you have in in the comic book world and the comic book universe, I don't have that same interest necessarily. So I always come to come to you for advice. What is happening? Yeah. How, how much of this is similar to the comic book world, and how much of this is kind of added onto by Hollywood? And what do you think it all means? I, th- I think it's it's multi layered. I think on one on one aspect, it's the technology layer. It's the thing that you talked about. It's the idea of even with the alien disclosure aspect um, discussion, where we're going to get some type of new free energy technology and stuff. I think that is some, like somehow in the mix here. And even with the new Top Gun coming out, this new Top Gun Maverick movie, there there's all kinds of theories now. There's all, this is like this mainstream movie theories that they're unveiling this new advanced super secret, top secret fighter jet in this movie being like, which is based on actual secret government tech that they're working on right now. That's been tied to all kinds of UFO black budget projects and that type of stuff. So just the, the idea of, I'm just picturing Biden with like propping Biden up, rolling him, him out into some like aircraft carrier wearing his classic aviator. So he always wears 
um, and just like getting his mouth to move and saying, here, like, here we go. I'm unveiling this new alien tech that we have and just this new wave of free energy, this new era of technology that we have. But as far as like, what's the deal with just the lightning and all the superhero stuff? It's, it's to me as just a nineties kid raised on superheroes, the idea of being struck by lightning and getting powers, the idea of lightning symbolizing this mutation, this, this being having powers kind of bestowed on you is honestly just one of the first things I've always thought of when it comes to lightning. And that's a product of being raised on these type of comic books and stuff. And you made it, you made the connection last time we talked about DC kind of having that in their, in their branding with the, with the uh, direct current aspect, you know? So I don't know. I think that's in the mix and then we'll get to it later on, but you were talking about all the sigils and that kind of stuff. But, um, when this whole thing first popped up with the, with the uh, with Musk buying Twitter and stuff, uh, with the Arizona about his ex company, and I sent you that uh, that thing about the sigil of Noden and how he's supposed to be apparently like the some kind of type of god of lightning, some type of Celtic um, fertility god or whatever. And then um, the X and the O is used in the Typhonic orders of Kenneth Grant to actually rise Typhon from the abyss to actually rise this dark father, this beast, this giant serpent from the abyss or whatever, whatever paradigm you, you choose to, you choose to use, you know, and that is just all over the zeitgeist as a whole with from stranger things to, to the movies we're talking about. Um, we talk to stranger stuff. Um, so yeah, we can get into a lot of stuff. I'm rambling, but no, yeah, what do you think? no, that's okay. I don't, I don't think that you're rambling. I, I wanted to have you just kind of explain your, your point of view on that. And I'm thinking back to that symbol in Ukraine that circle with the X, whether it's the sigil of Jupiter, it's it's literally the sigil of Jupiter. Just type in sigil Jupiter. It's it's a circle with an X, or the Karabia, the Solomonic demon, or the the spirit in, in in voodoo that I mentioned. It's the same exact symbol, and it's the base for that Zion symbol in Ukraine. And you have the the the, the Loa, the spirit in voodoo, with the last name Corne. So corn. Zions is a protein in corn, decapitating the grain god or the corn god, the maize god in Mesoamerica, doing that in the springtime during the spring ritual. This is all happening. I mean, back when that statue began bleeding in Colorado on the 23rd, all the way through the Z on the Russian tanks to the Neptune missiles that struck that ship that had the, the supposedly had a, uh, had a piece of the real cross on it, the, this Christian relic. To uh, you know, all of the the various forms of uh, other symbols and sigil swastikas and burning bodies and arranging them into a Z pattern. I mean, I don't know if it's just Z for Zeus, but all of this, including that UFO story out of Ukraine with the lightning, it's almost like something is being conjured and summoned with all this fear and all this terror and all this worry and stress. It's being used to feed into this series of sigils or symbols and the trident which controls the water the emotions the oceans it controls the currents the currents of energy the trident of ukraine is i think one of the 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 major symbols that is driving uh this force forward i think it's all part of a larger uh esoteric ritual yeah no i would absolutely agree um i'm my kind of favorite little pet theory the one that we kind of first talked about about the but the resurrection of the titans or the resurrection of Kronos, or the resurrection of these older pantheons of God is kind of what I think is yes. they're, they're, they're hinting at, you know, and that ties into to the Zeus thing. And when um, there was a recent Neptune missile strike against a, uh, uh, against the Russian warship, um, 
at the uh, on the Black Sea at Snake Island recently, and uh, which ties into all that kind of serpent mm-hmm. serpent symbolism that's that's in the sigil and stuff. And that got me thinking. You've, you've talked about it a ton of times the the um, idea of of Neptune, Neptune's trident, trident on the on the Ukrainian flag and everything. And then also we talk about Saint Michael all the time. And in a lot of um, a lot of researchers consider Saint Michael and Apollo to be based on a similar character. Tobacco would be the, uh, the same character. Yeah, the sun. And Apollo right? joins. Yeah, yeah, Apollo joins forces with Neptune to overthrow Zeus at one point, to battle Zeus. There's like a civil war between between the Olympians because Zeus had killed Apollo's son. Um, I forget his name. It begins with an A. But his Apollo's son's symbol is actually the rod with the with the serpent around it. So that causes a whole big... So the, like the wand, yeah. of Asclepius, wand of Asclepius or the wand of Mercury. Exactly, exactly yeah. Um, so you talk about the St. Michael and the, the bleeding of the St. Michael statue and St. Michael being the patron saint of Ukraine, all this kind of stuff. So, so Apollo, St. Michael, um, joining forces with Neptune to overthrow Zeus. And then, so St. Michael, the statue was bleeding in the United States. The U S is kind of seen as this, the savior of the world, this archangel, angelic savior of the world, if you will, joining forces with Neptune, Ukraine, with the Trident to overthrow Zeus, the Z, the Russian tanks. I mean, that is that is some very deep occult archetype. Yeah, and 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 in that sigil, they have uh, there's like the, the scythe or the sickle, and that that um, like that cuts the wheat and everything. Yes. Um, but the sickle, the sickle and the scythe is also the weapon of Kronos. Um, Kronos being, uh, like the God of time, the King of the Titans, and everything. He's actually overthrown by Zeus. So the idea of trying to invoke a Kronos, which is in the mix, like he's part of this dark father, Darth Vader, Typhon, Saturn archetype, this thing that's being raised by possibly this, this Typhonian sigil of Nodens. Um, it's just, it's a crazy idea. I'm not sure if I agree with Kenneth Grant when he gets into it, but the idea, Kenneth Grant, that's that one of the believe that this XO thing, they call it a sigil of Nodens. I'm not, I don't know how necessarily Nodens is associated with lightning. I'm not sure where they got that from, but in his Kenneth Grant's book, Kenneth Grant, the founder of the Typhonian OTO, let me try to find the, let me try to find a quote here. He says, uh, quote, um, so he claims that, Nodens uh, flashed forth as lightning from the depths and formed a throne in the celestial realm, a feet of soul, um, stone where the goddess is established. They're basically saying that this sigil, this X and the O, is like this mark of the beast. And, she, and because Typhon, or whatever, basically it's Cthulhu, um, it's basically it's a crafty and old one type archetype. Because Typhon was cast down by Zeus with lightning, then lightning will be used to resurrect them again, basically. So this sigil, this mark, to, to, is used to to bring this beast from the abyss to then overthrow Zeus. So the idea of Neptune and Apollo merging to fight Zeus to resurrect this this Typhonic beast to overthrow Zeus. Um, I don't know. There's a lot in the mix here. Mm-hmm. And then this 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 beast thing, this Typhon character, this Kronos, this Lovecraftian old one is is Cthon, the creator of the Darkhold in the Marvel universe, but then that <laughs> ties back into, into all that. So, well, yeah. What do you think about that? Well, I know that the Celtic deity Nodons, I don't know much about what that guy was writing about, but I know that the Celtic yeah. deity Nodons is 
a deity who is, I mean, if you look up the name, they are directly associated with two practices or two things in particular. One's a practice, one's a, a, a more of a thing. Healing, so that's the caduceus, that's the wandavis clepius, that's Mercury's staff, that's the, the medical symbol, healing. And they are associated with the sea, Neptune, Poseidon, the trident, Nodens, the X with the circle. I mean, it's it's really hard to, for me, look at this and not think that people writing these movies or people being funded to to produce this kind of content and what we're showing in the nightly media, I'm not saying it's like a conspiracy. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that yeah. there, there's some underlying energetic current here, and it feels like there are forces at work really trying to invoke and conjure the gods of old. Yeah, because, I mean, it's, at, at the very least, it's artists that are picking up some type of something in the collective consciousness, in the just bubbling in the zeitgeist, something something about to, about to culminate in some mass event that's trickling throughout time. Who knows? But it's getting to a point where it's just every movie. This, that lightning thing just blew me away to the point where, like, I don't know, maybe it is a little bit of a conspiracy. Maybe, like, maybe some of these executives, <laughs> like, they don't, they're not letting anything through the doors that, is, that isn't, doesn't have this, this, um, this symbolism just directly in it. It's, it's, they're not even hiding it. I don't know. Well, I don't. But the synchronicities, yeah. Yeah, good. I, I don't want to spoil the movies, and I hope that I haven't tonight. Yeah, and I know that no, you, no, no. I know that you don't either. But what was your take on Strange and everything everywhere? I thought, and and I explained it in the first hour. I thought that they were very similar, from the color red that was used with the woman to the sacrifice of the child to the third eye to I mean, just there's so many different elements: the dream walking and taking on different life paths. Very similar, yeah. so similar that it's yeah. it's weird. It's extremely weird. I was sitting there. You you mentioned the uh, the, the flashing, the uh, like the, the seizure inducing kind of little montage they had of the black of the black goo kind of streaming out of the eyes and just all kinds of, of flashing um, as all her multiversal pieces kind of you know. So as like, I'm sitting there in the theater watching this. And I'm thinking, I spend a lot of time thinking about the idea of the multiverse. Just as somebody who's into, into all these kind of fringe topics, this isn't my first rodeo with the, with the multiverse. And I'm thinking, but still, this is a lot to take in as a moviegoer. And I'm thinking, so this is a very popular movie. It has a very high approval rating, very high Rotten Tomatoes. People are really loving this thing. Combined with Doctor Strange, which just broke a bunch of records. It's a, it's a Marvel movie. It's just raking in the money. People are seeing that this weekend. So the average moviegoer is just getting hit with just an amazing amount of multiversal propaganda, I guess, if you will, just the idea of the multiverse. Like it was like, it was like we were all kind of experiencing that flash, 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 flash thing that joy was experiencing or not joy that joy's mother was, that Evelyn was experiencing. Um, as we, as our collective paradigms has shifted, like we're never going to go back to a world where, people don't have the multiverse just in their regular lexicons now. And just the combination of these two movies coming out like so close together, they just really, really bizarre to me. And it, fe- um, it, it feels too Derek, because when I, when I was watching Dr. Strange, the, the first, I guess you could call it mundane thing that I picked up was America Chavez and how uh, Dr. Strange was saying that America is being pursued by this evil. And I couldn't help but thinking of outside the movie theater it feels like America is being pursued by an evil. It feels like America 
is being targeted and, and pre- being prepared to be sacrificed for some some greater thing in the eyes of those that are doing the sacrifice. Did you pick up on that as yeah. well? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She she's a complicated ca- uh, character. She's a, has a lot of uh, I mean, just the name. There, there. Um, I don't know. There was one critique or one like kind of bubbling viral criticism of the character. She's a relatively new character. She's part of this kind of quote unquote woke. Mulk Marvel of the of the late aughts, like the 2010. Yeah, era, I saw where, I saw the little pen on her shirt too in the movie. That kind of looked yeah, like yeah. yeah. So, so she's the first. She's the first uh, like queer Latina superhero or whatever the, whatever the deal is. But somebody was um, critiquing somebody on Twitter being like, "Oh, so they they brought out the first MCU Latina character and her power is crossing borders." And I just kind of like rolled my eyes, like this is like the woke eating the woke right now. Yes, not, you know the, <laughs> that's so funny. I, I didn't think of that. <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know. It's crazy. Uh, they, I mean, they must not have. I, I don't know. It's a, they they probably uh, regretting that. Well, not but, o- not only did she cross borders, she was so good at it. She didn't even know how what she, how she was doing it. It just happened, right? Exactly. It's it's, it's all based on trauma. Like once like, that's yes, that's what this phase. That's what this like. It's they call this phase four of the MCU. It's everything kind of post uh, Avengers Endgame is, is phase four and people are trying to find what's the connective tissue. Everything seems really um, disjointed is the word people are using to, to describe it. And to me, as somebody into this kind of stuff, it's not disjointed at all. What they're talking about from Loki to WandaVision to Dr. Strange, it's all trauma stuff. So it's all trauma based, like whether it's powers coming from trauma, like an upgrade in your powers from trauma, contacting other entities via trauma, it's that's the connective tissue between all all the movies and TV shows of the last like year and a half, two years of Marvel. And and Wanda, so for America, I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. Um, for America, her powers are, are created for the trauma of kind of losing her her mom, like her moms, both of her moms. Um, and again, with the, with the synchronicity, as you're talking about how there's so much mom stuff in both these movies, they call like the shorthand online for. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is MOM. It's mom um, for the Multiverse of Madness, which is, I think it's kind of weird. And it came out on Mother's Day. But yeah, what were you saying? No, well, I, I mentioned that earlier too. These movies come out around Mother's Day, May. We talked about Walpurgis, Walpurgis, uh, Beltane. They, but they call it mom online. Like they literally call the movie, rather than type out Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, people who just say mom. Just They're M-O-M. referring to the movie. Just MOM. MOM, yeah. Yeah, I mean that yeah. was I mean it shows it shows like the basic mundane components. Not that it's mundane to, to to love your child, but it's like kind of mundane to show like well the mother loves her child, she'll do anything for the children. But what she learns is that doing these spells and, and, and performing these these black mass ritual type things from the, the Book of the Damned, that what it offers her is an illusion. It's non existent, it, it's not real. And in the process of trying to acquire that thing, which is just an illusion, she was willing to sacrifice a child in order to obtain it. And that was a, a similar theme in Everything Everywhere because the main character's daughter was taking was basically taking on this personification of evil in this multiverse of everything, and she was experiencing everything everywhere all at once. And she wanted to get away from that pain, all the, the good stuff and the bad stuff. So she creates this black ring, this donut, this bagel with everything which is like a saturnistic ring and she wants to walk into it the mom could choose to let her go and to sacrifice her daughter or her mom could learn to adapt and express her love and pull her back from that darkness and the mom i say adapt because she realized it was her husband 
and they weren't necessarily getting along that well. Her husband was just kind of kind. He was a kind guy. He balanced out her more um, dominant femininity, and that created the, the the alchemical connection that saved the family. There, I mean, it's, it's in both movies. It's it's so powerful that the I... The merging of the X and the O. Yeah, exactly. It's a merging of the X and the O's, the, the, the passive and active forces, which gives you the passive and active forces that gives you the cross, not just the X, but tilt it sideways, that gives you the cross, and it's the cross, the sacrifice, the blood red, the and, and the red was both yeah. in both movies. I mean, it just goes on and on and on and on. Obviously, the archetypes and the myths are there because that's... That's what communicates to our our psyche, and that's why movies like Star Wars are, are so popular and famous, but and su- such a cult classic. But there's more to it than that. It's like people are looking into the things that you and I are interested in, Derek, and then yeah, they're incorporating. Yeah. I mean, that's what Kirby did with the Eternals with exactly. Sitchin. Exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, if we, if we want to get into the actual kind of mythology of, of where they're getting this, where they're pulling this stuff from for for multiverse madness, at least for the Marvel part of the mythology. Um, so. So you were you you texted me saying you were on your way to the theater to, when you when you were going to see um, Doctor Strange. Yes, I, I had just seen it. I I hadn't seen it till till this past Monday, so I, I just just saw it. But so I didn't I didn't know what was coming. So all I texted you was like the last time we see Wanda, she was like floating, uh, reading the Darkhold, um, which is like which is Marvel's Necronomicon from Lovecraft, looking for her looking for her kid. And I didn't know I didn't know if that was going to apply to the movie at all. I didn't know if they were going to mention the Dark Hold once at all, and and they did a lot. They did a bunch. Like it was a Dark Hold movie. So essentially, I, I don't I think they only mentioned them once. But the character is a character Kathon or like C T H O N, Kathon like Cthulhu, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the Mar- in the Marvel universe, he's he's the god of chaos. So when we last seen when we last left Wanda it was at the end of WandaVision and she from her trauma of losing her husband um, Vision at the end of Endgame she creates this fake facade world she she changes reality and creates this like prison world of everything and recreates or creates Vision again brings him back who's an android who's a robot that she fell in love with a sentient robot a synthesoid they call it and then creates these like fake kids basically and then when that show ends her fake kids are, are stripped from her. So she's reading the dark old, reading this dark text, reading this book of the damned to try to find a reality, I guess, where her dark kid, where her imaginary kids are exist, actually exist. Um, so her trauma, um, brings out, so before that she she was never called the Scarlet Witch. Like she was the Scarlet Witch is her comic, her comic name. But in the movie so far, she's only been Wanda. Um, Wanda Maximoff or whatever. We've got about her, si- we got about sixty seconds here too, Derek. About to go to commercial oh, um, break. Yeah, we can just uh, we can just end it there and I'll bring it back because there's a real lot to talk about. Okay, well, I'll let you pick up right there where you left off yeah. with Wanda. This is the secret teachings. I'm Ryan Gable. Derek is our guest this evening. Derek Murphy. We're talking about and we are dreamwalking into the multiverse, into the mouth of the multiverse, and. I thought Mouth of Madness, it's, you know, that John Carpenter film, right? <laughs> and they brings things to life, the monsters to life from just words, spells, curses. I think that's what's happening with a lot of these movies. Not exactly sure what the end game is necessarily, but it feels like the old ones, the ancient ones are being summoned and conjured. And your energy is being used to bring that about. Again, I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's a lot more after this. You don't want to miss the final segment of tonight's broadcast. Again, Dreamwalking into the mouth 
of the multiverse. Stay with us. Broadcasting from the edge of thought and consciousness, it's KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings is finally available on nearly every podcast platform, from Apple and Spreaker to Spotify and Podcast Addict. Also available is TST Weekends. Search the show name and start listening today for free. If you want to avoid those annoying ads, subscribe to our ad-free archive with our oldest shows, a private RSS feed, our montage archive, and Ryan's digital books. Visit thesecretteachings.info. People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis- and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. For a lot longer than most podcasts have been around, The Secret Teachings has been at the forefront of unique investigation into both the mundane and the extraordinary. Critical thought and controlled speculation allowed us to determine that the much-anticipated UAP report would be vague, unexplained, and would simply imply the need for defense against national security threats. We determined that sonic weapons were the cause of Havana Syndrome a full year before CNN acknowledged the same. We told you about the mind-controlled magic, sex slavery, and intellectual theft in the music industry long before Britney Spears spoke out about her conservatorship, and we've been removed from radio for refusing to censor our show over international child trafficking networks and sex cults long before Epstein didn't kill himself. This has been done with no budget, only your support, and a will to learn and succeed. And you can continue to be a part of The Secret Teachings journey as we broadcast Monday through Friday after lighting the void with Joe Roop, right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Final segment of The Secret Teachings tonight. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Derek Murphy is our guest this evening. We are dreamwalking into the mouth of the multiverse. Doctor Strange, the new movie, and everything, everywhere, all at once. Very similar films. Also parallels in another movie called The Northman. Very archetypical. Very focused on Nordic mythology, the god Odin. With, of course, parallels to Zeus and Jupiter and... Secrets of Dumbledore, another movie dealing with multiple realities, the magical world and the non-magical world. 
the worlds colliding and coming together. It's a theme that we see in Hollywood. It's a theme that we're seeing in streaming television shows, music videos, and it's feeling more and more as if it isn't just being placed there for entertainment. It feels like these movies and these shows are being presented to us as sigils that we then charge with our energy. Just like that sigil that appeared in Ukraine that's being called a symbol of black magic or a satanic seal. And it relates to more than other realities, although it had ruins in it. Obviously, Odin created the ruins. The Word of God created language in the Norse mythology. There's a sigil in it called Kano, or Kanez. Kano is the opening sigil. Looks like a bird's mouth. In ancient Chinese magic as well, the bird's mouth, and in Japanese, the language, the Japanese language, the, the, the ku, in Haragana and Katakana, the ku is like a bird's beak. In, I believe it's Katakana, it's more like a bird's wing, but in Haragana, it's a bird's beak. It's the same exact symbol as the kana, or the kanas, uh, or the kano in the ruins. And that is a symbol in ancient China of black magic and the usage of snakes to poison people, to kill people, to get what you want out of other people. It's very dark, very black magic, as opposed to other forms of white magic in the East. And the snake features prominently in everything that we've been talking about, involution and evolution, the sword and the serpent, the alchemical transmutation, taking yellow and blue, putting them together, you get green. That's the symbol of alchemy, creation, something new. Some choose to utilize these these symbols and these powers to obtain wealth or fame or whatever. And I think dreamwalking is my new name for what I think is happening to some of the people that run big corporations, that run social media, that are running governments, it's almost like they've been taken possession of by something that is coercing them and forcing them to build the systems of artificial intelligence, the systems of censorship and control. It's almost like when they speak, something else is speaking through them. Maybe it's some kind of dreamwalking. It's a theme we saw in Doctor Strange. It's also a theme of taking different life paths in everything, everywhere, Kind of similar to the Matrix, but you don't have to upload stuff into your brain. You just connect with other versions of yourself. And for those going into these other realities to take things that aren't theirs to extract resources, remember Jordy Rose, who invented the D-Wave quantum computer. Remember, Derek, that Jordy Rose said, we can go into these dimensions and take resources out of them. And in these movies, we're talking about when you go into those dimensions and take resources and take what's not yours, That's a desecration of reality. That's a defiling of laws of nature, and there are repercussions for that, which tells me that these themes might not be coming from a benevolent source. (laughs) And Jordy Rose also said that these things are more like uh, Lovecraftian old ones. He did. You're right. He he literally said that. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, So, yeah, there's a lot in the mix here. Uh, It's very easy to get get kind of lost in the weeds. Um, So I'm just going to try to make it as simple as possible um with just kind of the themes what marvel's up to and how that's kind of what i'm what i'm looking for with all this stuff so as far as the multiverse idea it's just absolutely all over the place we got loki is kind of how marvel introduced multiverse and there's so the different themes i'm looking for 
our trauma, um, kind of chaos, these different things that they're, they're using right now. But we talked before about um, uh, trauma, like the trauma from K-Ultra, trauma to induce disassociations. So trauma would be from a pandemic for two years. Trauma would be a possible possible World War Three or a crisis in Europe or whatever. Trauma would be constant propaganda of the masses, you know, to to cause disassociations, to cause a rising surge of uh, mental instability to a rising trend on TikTok of DID, um, which is a real thing, to allow things to walk into you, to allow yourself to be possessed. And that theme is just absolutely all over the place. From, and if I... From Moon it, I'm sorry. Huh? It, I'm sorry if I may too. When you're talking, you just say pandemic, and I, I there was something I missed. If we're talking about a pandemic and trauma and fear. That god you brought up earlier, Nodens, who is a god of the sea, like Neptune, Poseidon, etc., is a Celtic god. He's also a god of healing and health. So healing, health, yeah. pandemic, and then in terms of well, the ocean, the trident, Poseidon, Neptune, Ukraine. It's literally the god Nodens yeah. with the X in the circle is a combination of the pandemic and the battles and the war in Ukraine. It's just fascinating. It's great. I, I, I more bring up Nodens less. I mean, yeah, it's unbelievable what he just said. Uh, but more for the idea that it's for the Kenneth Grant idea. Kenneth Grant is just right, right. the the T O T O. They believe it's 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 Alistair Crowley's O T O mixed with Cthulhu. It's it's all the O T O stuff, but they believe Cthulhu is real, and then trying to rise from the abyss. And they think the X and the O is the sigil to do that. It's the opening sigil, like you said. You know that's what they think. Um, so whether Nodens is the right deity to be invoking whatever they're whatever they're thinking, but that's just well, what did they have? I think it's trippy, you know? What did Alistair Crowley yeah. attempt to summon? The Scarlet Lady, the Scarlet Woman, <laughs> exactly, the yeah. Red Witch. It's, uh, yeah, the Horror of Babylon or whatever, right? Like, uh, who's a consort of chaos? And then this, this, this Cthulhu, this deity in in the Marvel universe, it's basically Cthulhu, but it's um, it's the it's the god of chaos in the Marvel universe. It's he who sleeps, like um, what walked once, who has um, slept substance before man crawls what dwells beneath the sleeper the sleeper beneath the sleeping god dark majesty that's cthulhu it's the dark father it's chronos it's this thing that's been locked away in tartarus locked away in the outside of reality that's desperately trying to be awakened or to bust into our reality and these secret societies these orders yada 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 they're trying to trying to do that you know and in the midst of all that when the when the gates open when the doors open it's also when the hordes of demons pour in and they're looking for vessels. Oh, that reminds me very rem- that reminds yeah, me of, of of Doctor Strange then because when Wanda's trying to get into the inner sanctum of the temple, they have the barrier up and she gets into one of the guys' minds in order so the barrier can be taken down. And so it's like literally the the god on the outside trying to get in, getting into your mind. And maybe that's kind of what I was saying. It's like dreamwalking or something. There are people that are running the world that are being influenced by these gods in other dimensions, other realities. I, I definitely think it reminds me of uh, the most recent season. It's, it's, there's a season right now of Superman and Lois that's going on on the CW right now, uh, which is like which is the only DC TV show that's not been canceled within the last six months. It's actually doing doing pretty well. Um, but their first season, the one that happened like six months ago, the entire plot was this CEO, this big executive, was coming into the small town and like taking over, basically pulling real Bill Gates, just buying buying up all the farmland, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> But it, like in the midst of it, people were disappearing. People were acting strange. And the crux of the story is he created this kind of device that would allow this. He was he was a Kryptonian. He was like Clark's long lost brother. 
he was trying to take vessels, take humans, and use them to uh, like possess them with the spirits of these Kryptonian, Kryptonian beings to basically do a do a alien possession invasion, like an alien invasion in the form of possession via creating all these empty vessels and letting these alien demon things house inside people, you know, um, led by the executive who was doing the exact thing and all. And it was kind of, I don't know, but that's just kind of, well, talk about, talk talk about dreamwalking. I'm thinking of the, the classic movie invasion of the body snatchers. Don't go to sleep. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, 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 it's (laughs) in, in, in moon Knight. Um, once again, it's, it's a character who's based in his, his power set is based in trauma. Like in, his entire mythology is all trauma. For this this person, he was killed in Egypt as like mercenary, and then was resurrected by an ancient um, death, like the the, the um, god of vengeance in the Marvel universe, but in the god Khonshu in actual Egyptian mythology, who's this lunar god depicted in the show with as a bird, as this, with this like bird giant skeleton bird head, you know. Um, but he has like DID too. He has dissociative person, like multiple personality disorder, um, and many different alters. But because he's split, because he has a split, it allows for the deity to possess him. He becomes the avatar for this deity, a vessel for this deity. And the villain of the show is trying to become the avatar or the vessel for this death, this Egyptian death god Amit, who wants to just purge the earth and create this new world order on Earth, basically. And then the entire time, the show is dealing with the Ennead, or the Council of Nine, who is possessing people um, to like basically control the world, pretty much. They act as the Illuminati through possessing people, um, which is just ties again into Doctor Strange with the Illuminati. Yeah, that's right. They have the Illuminati Council in Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all these different themes, whether it's in Rick and Morty or Family Guy or Other Dimensions, Event Horizon, or one of my favorite movies, Pan's Labyrinth. I mean, those were just movies. It wasn't like Pan's Labyrinth or it's not like Family Guy or any of these other TV shows. It's not like they come out at the, they came out at the same time, that one episode with Brian and Stewie, of, of like every other network, every other station, every other you know theater was showing. Every single movie they were showing was the exact same thing. I mean, maybe it's just because that's what's that's what's polling well. People want to liter- not only go to the movies to get out of their lives, you know, movies were big during the Great Depression too, but maybe they want to just jump into other other dimensions. It's not just a singular dimension. They want to jump into infinite dimensions. Maybe that's where movies are taking us, but it feels like it's more than just this is what's polling well because a lot of stuff doesn't actually do that well, but they just keep making it and they keep giving us the same yeah. symbols and image. I don't know where this money's coming from. Where, where are they getting the money to make this crap? I know, I know. And honestly, like the the way these corporations work, it's so it's so based on it. Like Netflix is notorious for just never being cash solvent. They never make any money. It's always just they gain. It's always based on what the what the shareholders think their value is based on the amount of subscribers they get. It's all all they care about now. It's like they've moved beyond the dollar, and they only care about the eyeballs. They only care about the attention. They just want to. I don't know, just insert these ideas into it. They're a gateway uh, to the soul. Uh, yeah. So, so, I mean, on one level, they're just hit the one level for as far as the multiverse and the portal idea. I'm just, how close are we to just seeing on the nightly news some kind of Doctor Strange type portal, like some kind of that, that type of, like, you know, uh, those orange kind of flaming 
um, Sparks all of a sudden open a portal up. That's so ubiquitous in everyone's mind right now that it wouldn't be a stretch to pull some type of Watchmen portal in the sky type type scenario. You know, some type of alien invasion via via the multiverse. You know, we're just why is it's it's I don't know it's eerie. It's it's why is the multiverse so prevalent right now? There's a new show on Disney Plus, Parallels, being imported from like Denmark or something like that. All about kind of the same thing. It's this fringe type fringe type show about uh, parallel universes, parallel versions of yourself. Um, and, that just premiered like a month ago. Yeah, Disney and Plus. it's it's crazy. It, it is crazy. It's and it's not just having you know someone who understands archetypes. Like uh, Joseph Campbell said that George Lucas was one of his best students because Lucas truly understood the archetype. And that's what made Star Wars so good. And that's what's made, you know, any movie that's really good, that sticks with us, even if you don't necessarily like it, it's just there in the popular culture. It's there in the collective conscious. It's because of those archetypes that are hit on. So if if, if you think about that, that's just good storytelling. That's just good psychology. That's just understanding those things. But like when I watch Doctor Strange, I'm thinking, okay, Wanda is literally as the Red Witch chasing a girl with powers to open other dimensions through her fear, she's trying to control her powers, and she wants to sacrifice the kid to get those powers so she can go in and take children from another reality. And I'm thinking, and, and even her, th- her, <laughs> her throne is literally, if you look up an image of Lilith depicted in, in, in ancient um, uh, 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 Su- Sumeria or Babylon, it's basically Wanda's throne. And it's, it's literally the goddess Lilith, or call her whatever you will, who in mythology she chases children through the dream state to steal their soul. I mean, I don't know how yeah. how these people are made. If that's an accident, how you get so lucky to be so correct in the mythology? You have to be going back and studying manuscripts and texts, hardcore esoteric occult things. I don't think they're just sitting in a room somewhere that's all lit up, thinking like, "Yeah, what can we have the superhero or the villain do next?" They're reading some really dark stuff. Yeah, absolutely. At the very least, they're listening to your podcast. You know, sometimes I'm watching this stuff, and I'm just like, "There's no way they're not listening to to, to a cold podcast." It's just, it's, it's, there's no way. They're I he- mean, they're hearing they're hearing Clyde. They're hearing you calling the Clyde. They're hearing you on the. <laughs> yeah. it, ha- it has to be. Yeah, uh, you mentioned uh, you mentioned the witch and, and the Northman and stuff. That guy Robert Eggers. I, I actually haven't seen either of those movies. Um, it's it's they're high on my list, but I listened to an interview with Robert Eggers, and he he is steeped in esoterica he was talking it was just on a mainstream movie podcast and i was blown away by how how it's just in the forefront of his mind he's well aware of the thing that he's putting into his movies it's just no accident that he's writing these uh, esoteric ideas into, into his movies and i think that's just i don't know i think my I, i'm into occult stuff i'm into esoterica but another part of me i'm really into movies and stuff so if i was writing movies would i put some type of Lovecraftian monsters trying right, to right. be resurrected from the abyss i'm not i'm not sure I don't know, but it's at this point it's beyond that. At this point, it's so prevalent; it's just in absolutely everything. It's just it's just like something is screaming from the other side. Like, listen, like you know what I mean, it's just like something's something's coming through. You know, so let me in. What? It, yeah, exactly. So what? What is that? I don't know. In in the MCU, and I mean in the Marvel universe, this the Starkhold is like Cthulhu wrote it to so it's a link between him in the mortal world. He's, he's cast out, he's sleeping or whatever. He's locked out of this world. And this book is to grant people power, but it's actually it's so that he can be resurrected, you know? So we haven't seen no spoilers or anything, but we haven't seen the last of him. Like they, in the, in the MCU, he's also how vampires are created. So they're going to, they're going to bring blade in pretty soon. They're bringing blade, the vampire. So we're going to see him probably through that. 
somehow. So they're going to, he's, he's trying to be, be resurrected. So not only in Moon Knight are they trying to resurrect this Egyptian death god, but, but this dark lord, this dark father, this, this Kronos type character is trying to be resurrected. And what he's doing is taking traumatized people like Wanda, um, and using the allure power to, to corrupt them, to coerce them, to get them to, to fall to the dark side. So he, so they can be his vessel to, to be resurrected. That's, you know? the, that's, that, the, it, that's the classic. That's a create trauma, create so much fear that people give up. They walk into the bagel with everything, the, the dark ring of Saturn, and then they become an empty vessel for those things to inhabit and to walk into. Boom. Bingo. That's it. And that's, and that's the last two Super Bowls too. That's kind of the, that's kind of the trail of how these Super Bowl performances have been going. We had the weekend that culminated in everybody walking around to hit the big marching army of faceless empty vessels covered in bandages, you know, um, weekend humanity. Yeah. We, the weekend to me, exactly. And then the following year we have, um, amidst the California, like the, the OGs and stuff, we have Kendrick Lamar who sings the song about invoking Lucy, um, mm-hmm. Lucifer and all his, he's known for having all his, I think he even calls them altars, but his different voices that he sings in his different personalities, that the trauma of living in Compton, the trauma of like his life, has split him into all these different personalities and the whole music industry. Dr. Dre is this corrupting force, this Lucy, this demon he's making you deal goat, with. The goat. You know? The goat, yeah. So these, they're, they're like, they can't, it's, I don't know, it seems to be the commonality between these different values, these different orders and stuff dealing with entities is that they can't directly interact with this side. It's like the classic Dogon cosmology. If there's a scene in the end scene, there's the, the physical world and there's the, the, the other realm, the, the, the outer void or whatever you want to call it. And they want in. They can't, they can't manipulate this reality. So with that, they have to do that through ideas, through, through traumatizing people to create these empty vessels to be possessed. And then to get those possessed people, like, like you're talking about these executives or whatever, these people running the world, to open these doors, to turn on these certain colliders and smash atoms oh, yeah. together to open up yada yada or to, or to do these rituals create these sigils to evoke i don't know well, well i mean what, what, uh, what like we said mother's day you said mom is how they're referring to the new doctor strange yeah, movie yeah. and and i mean we, with mother's day well purgis and beltane it's it's one of i mean it's directly opposite on the wheel of the year to sam hainer Samhain, which is probably the most well-known festival of opening portals to other dimensions the world's become very close together or the, 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 the veil gets lifted between them and you com- you actually go into altered states, you divine uh, the future, you communicate with spirits and you go into their world, they come into your world. That's where the costumes and the food and all that come from. But it, it, I mean, for, for, this, for these movies to be selected specifically to come out this time and for them to be, t- I mean, totally different movies, Doctor Strange and everything everywhere, but basically the same concepts, and it all has the same imagery and the same sigils, and it's coming out the same time on the wheel of the year. I mean, it, people on Wall Street have known for years, they literally look to the stars to determine when to make investments. Hollywood's doing the same uh, thing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a classic trope of, of millionaires don't care about astrology, but billionaires definitely do. You know, <laughs> right, billionaires, right. billionaires look to the stars. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure, I might be wrong, but I, I think the next Avatar. I mean, the next, uh, the next Stranger Things uh, season's coming out like next week or two yes. weeks from now. Like yeah, it's end, coming out really soon. Yeah, yeah, and that's again the same, the same, the same trope. The idea of Eleven is traumatized by this MK Ultra type, 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 uh, 
government experimentation or whatever, traumatized into the state where she's able to be the conduit of vessels to the to the upside down to this other dark dimension, this dark world, and uh, and not only does it give her powers, but it's the the grand plan of the of the creatures of the upside down is the mind flayer, this this Lovecraftian old one type entity is trying to open the doors between this world and the upside down. That's that's the classic trope is trying to, to collapse the pillars of reality, collapse the doors that separate it. They don't want to have to interact with, with intermediaries all the time, to have to get secret societies, to do rituals, to, to let one demon in at a time or what have you. They want the mechanism that separates the thing. Direct to access. Away. Direct access. Exactly. Um, yeah. Crazy. Crazy we, stuff. I don't know. We, we've got a little under 10 minutes left here, Derek. I know that you didn't go directly back because I started talking about something else to Wanda, but you were talking about Wanda in the previous segment, and I don't know if you want to finish that comment because I think the the focus on Wanda and then the focus on Evelyn, the main character and everything everywhere, and, and the archetype and the symbolism there is re- really at the, the base, other than the multiverse, it's really at the base of those two movies. Yeah. Um, so in, in the quickest and easiest way possible, just Wanda's entire arc is her entire arc in the MCU especially is based in trauma. It's based her powers come from trauma. Being like a child, she was like almost killed by a Stark bomb or whatever, and the trauma is sitting there waiting to die. Manifested her powers, and then it manifested greater from this same time, same type of change of things and Ultra experimentation unlocked more of her powers. The loss of her husband unlocked more of her powers, and she actually became what the MCU calls the Scarlet Witch. With which is chaos magic and body um, personified. Like the, they say, this is chaos magic, Wanda. You are like you. You can manipulate reality, and then the trauma of losing her kids then re- then turns her evil and, and gets her to to interact with the dark hole. And, stuff. and the dark hole is this vessel, this conduit to to um, to Cthulhu, who's trying to bust out from the abyss. But trauma to induce dissociation. Um, and especially Marvel, like Marvel's hitting the trauma thing just over the head with a hammer. And then the chaos thing, she becomes the embodiment of chaos. Moon Knight's tagline, show Moon Knight, who's a character who through trauma gets possessed by a Egyptian God. The tagline is embrace the chaos. Um, and then joy in, in, uh, everything everywhere at once. She realizes that nothing matters. It's all about chaos to chaos. And then even, even Evelyn, in as trying to battle her is still using chaos. It's it's all novelty. The, the way the the way they get powers is do something novel, do a novel thing, do something do something really weird. And a lot of the times doing that weird thing is kind of dramatic, like like spitting on something or whatever. You like do something crazy like spitting on like eating a booger or something do something really weird that's like will gross you out. Paper cut. Yeah, paper, paper cut. Yeah. yeah, some 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 yeah, some type of trauma. But also it's novelty. Like not like like novelty to find to to align yourself and, with a different reality. Yeah, yeah and, and I mean, when we saw, you know, Wanda kind of recognizes that these aren't really my children, and, you know, she she kind of learns, you know, the the price that she has to, had to pay to get to that point to even recognize that. But then in everything, everywhere, all at once, you have this this idea that, you know, the, the mom was able to save the daughter by expressing love and by reaching out to her and pulling her back from the darkness. And so even though the mother isn't doing the exact same thing in both movies, 
the the concept of the the motherly qualities being concerned with the child, the love, and and in the end, you find in this other dimension, this other reality, Evelyn is this famous, you know, she's like a famous actress, and she knows, um, she knows like fighting skills and things like that. So she's big in 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 the film business. But then she wonders, what would it have been like if I'd have actually gone to America and opened up the laundromat? And the Evelyn that opened up the laundromat, she was miserable, but she went through the dark night of the soul and realized. Her husband was important. Her daughter was important. And what matters is right in front of her. So like even as dark as it might seem, there's a much deeper positive message there as well. Yeah, for sure. And we just as you're saying that, it reminded me like the mother, the mother that reminded me like Moon Knight's trauma. I mean, this is not the show. I mean, it's it's over. If you're going to watch it, you're going to watch it. But his trauma is his mother was abusing him as a child. Like his, his, the, the, the thing that split him originally that created all his alters originally was trauma with his mother. And then Loki and Loki, who's, who's this trickster God, he's like the God of chaos. Um, his thing that traumatized him to, to get him to embrace this, like to, to break the multiverse is his mother's death of his mother, seeing the death of his mother. Um, so trauma, especially related to your maternal figure to create some type of, either I don't know, mainly shattering of your personality, um, which especially in the case of joy and everything all at once, she just, she just can't, she just all of them, all of the multiverse happening, every, literally everything, everywhere all at once. She can't, she can't it, find it breaks the mind. Joy, you know? It breaks the mind. Exactly. And then in that chaos, try to get through it. And the, this dark, this everything bagel, this black ring, Saturn ring, eye of Sauron type yes, thing, you know, yes. um, yeah, it's all it's 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 eerie how how much all of these it's a, it really is a, 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 a weaving tapestry of weirdness for sure. A weaving tapestry of weirdness, yeah. Weaving, <laughs> but weaving spiders come not here to the secret <laughs> teachings. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I've got one other interesting synchronicity. All these movies, all these TV shows. Think about this: when you go to the movie, turn down the lights, gets dark, eat the popcorn yeah. with the salt on it. Salt is earth drink the soda, liquid, water. You got the earth and the water, right? So you got the darkness, you got the setting, you got the the dim lights like the candles. It's kind of sounding like a little bit of a ritual here, right? And then, of course, you have that that movie theater smell, so you got the air. And then rather than having fire or smoke, hopefully you don't have fire or smoke in a movie theater, you have the intensity of the sound, the intensity, fire, noise. So you have all the four elements when you sit down and then you have your, your soda, you have your popcorn, and of course, I'm thinking popcorn, and in regards to these rituals, popcorn. The low corn, of, corn. Oh wow! Corn is yeah. there again, right? The protein and wow, corn, geez. Zion's, the uh, Troy Cornes, the Loa, the Basu. Oh man! Wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't speak for you, but uh, me and many others incorporate smoke before we walk into the theater. So that's, <laughs> that's, you know, <laughs> but yeah. Wow, the popcorn thing, unbelievable, right? Use the you you can use the elements however you want to use them, Derek. If you want to do it before you go <laughs> yeah. in, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. Yeah. Real real quick, was Strange worth it? Was Everything Everywhere All at Once worth it? Um, I wish. Uh, yeah, oh, hundred percent. I, I was unbelievably excited for Doctor Strange because I knew it was going to be very Lovecraftian. It, it didn't disappoint. Um, I, uh, I wish it was more overt with the Lovecraftian for my taste, but it was, it was, uh, it was a lot for everyone else. I would, I would imagine. And then everything, everywhere all at once, maybe the sleeper hit of the year. It really came out of nowhere and you're right in comparing it to the matrix. It, it has very, has a paradigm shifting matrix quality. So when I'm sitting there, like 
I don't know, this week changed the zeitgeist when it comes to the multiverse. So we've been talking about the multiverse for a solid two years now, and, and like from Spider-Man to Loki, whatever. But this week, something something shifted. The chaos. Yes. I don't know. They really embrace the chaos, for it, sure. I don't know. Embrace, great, great show, Ryan. embrace the chaos. That's right. Well, I appreciate it, Derek. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's Derek Murphy coming on the broadcast this evening to talk to us and to dreamwalk with us into the mouth of the multiverse. www.thesecretteachings.info is the website. Please go to the website, buy a copy of one of my books if you want to keep us on air. And please subscribe to the archive to get access to all the shows, montages, my digital books, early access to the show when it's pre-recorded, and a private RSS feed to take the show with you on your podcast or radio player. rdgable at yahoo.com is my email. Please email me if you have questions, comments, concerns. Follow us on Twitter. We're new on Twitter. We were banned. We're back. TST underscore underscore radio. Facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. Stay safe. Stay informed. Stay healthy. And we'll talk to you on the next broadcast. <laughs>